Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. From saying hello to bidding adieu, each episode should certainly include something new. This simple fact is frustrating me some, I think and I think but new does not come. If fresh ideas and new topics around us abound, where is just one on which to expound? I query my muse but she still remains mum. I think and I think but new does not come. For my one great idea I check Google and Bing. Hit after hit but the bell does not ring. I keep clicking the mouse until my finger is numb. I think and I think but new does not come. It should not be so hard to find something new. Open my mind and let inspiration pass through. I turn up the brain cells and refuse to be glum. I think and I think but new does not come. I talk to myself and then pace the floor. I now hear pose words, quoth the raven, nevermore. I shudder for fear my muse was struck dumb. I think and I think but new does not come. I definitely understand how it is when new does not come. I have been there and didn't care much for it either. I have a strategy I have used but I'm sure not recommending it. It is better than nothing but not by much. Let me share it by asking a question. Is using quotations in an episode an indication of intellectual candor and accurate attribution or merely the refuge of a lazy podcaster? When I struggle to come up with enough to say to fill an episode, I'm habitually tempted to appropriate a few dozen words from the endless supply readily at hand, even if they are not mine. This is likely acceptable if the quotation adds authoritative support to a point, provides an example of someone else's point of view, represents a particularly clever turn of phrase, or otherwise adds to and extends the episode. What if instead, the quoted text merely serves to bulk up the episode or substitute for any actual brain work from me? Sure, I'm going to do it. The arbitrary topic is astrology, for no better reason than it struck my fancy. I suspect you may have some experience with having your fancy struck so my picking astrology makes complete sense to you. If not, suffice it to say it was in the stars for me today. It may be a stretch for you to get into astrology. You may figure Edward Abbey had a point when he said, who needs astrology? The wise man gets by on fortune cookies. If that isn't strong enough for you, Voltaire may have better captured your attitude about astrology when he said, superstition is to religion, what astrology is to astronomy, the mad daughter of a wise mother. Your opposition is even stronger? Perhaps Shakespeare himself has to be joined in your anti-astrology rant, this is the excellent foppery of the world, that when we are seeking fortune, often the surfeits of our own behavior, we make guilty of our disasters the sun, the moon, and stiff we revelings on necessity, fools by heavenly compulsion, knaves, thieves, and treacherous by spherical predominance, drunkards, liars, and adulterers by an enforced obedience of planetary influence, and all that we are evil in, by a divine thrusting on. An admirable evasion of horror master man, to lay his goatish disposition on the charge of a star. 
well, and he even worked in foppery, whatever that means. I seem to recall Nero Wolf using flummery which is not good either, but foppery is new for me. Despite my plan, to pad this episode with words appropriated from others, I do have a small urge, to at least pretend to be somewhat balanced. A passing nod to the pro-astrology set strikes my fancy. I know, but using it again was just too tempting. At least I didn't say it was in the stars. At any rate, Herman Melville summed it up quite well, look you, doubloon, your zodiac here is the life of man in one round chapter. To begin, there's Ares, or the ram, lecherous dog, he begets us, then, Taurus, or the bull, he mumps us the first thing, then Gemini, or the twins, that is, virtue and vice, we try to reach virtue, when lo, comes Cancer the crab, and rags us back, and here, going from virtue, Leo, a roaring lion, lies in the path, he gives a few fierce bites and surly dabs with his paw, we escape. And hail Virgo, the virgin, that's our first love, we marry and think to be happy for I, when pop comes Libra, or the scales, happiness weighed and found wanting, and while we are very sad about that, lord, how we suddenly jump, as Scorpio, or the scorpion, stings us in rear, we are curing the wound, when come the arrows all round, Sagittarius, or the archer, is amusing himself. As we pluck out the shafts, stand aside, here's the battering ram, Capricornus, or the goat, full tilt, he comes rushing, and headlong we are tossed, when Aquarius, or the waterborer, pours out his whole deluge and drowns us, and, to wind up, with Pisces, or the fishes, we sleep. Melville calling us doubloons aside, he does have a way with words. I think the point is complete. Packing an episode with the words of others is to be avoided, unless one is totally at a loss for originality. My muse left, and still isn't back on a predictable basis, so I'm left now, and then with no better choice. She has dropped in on an occasional basis though, so if you have time to listen more, some of my episodes are much better. I hear you whining and feeling bummed out about not finding anything to podcast about. It's bad news and maybe even sad. Life has its ups and downs, and the two of you are definitely down. Even so, here's the deal. If you're at your wit's end, move on. If life deals you a losing hand, move on. If there's no light at the end of the tunnel, move on. If you're going through hell, move on. If you're between a rock and a hard place, move on. If you're at the end of your rope, move on. If you're in over your head, move on. If you've hit rock bottom, move on. If there's no way out, move on. If you don't move on, you're screwed.